This is a Handshake Agency podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Green Room Podcast for 2021. Thank you so much for listening and welcome back to the show. Uh, We left things off at the end of 2020 after episode 150 with Eric Banner. Thanks for asking. Uh, And it's so good to be back for 2021. Very excited. Producer Zig is taking notes, I think. He seems excited. Um, But yeah, we can't wait for this year. We've got a lot of stuff planned. Thanks to the Handshake Agency Network. Be sure to check them out at thepodcast.com.au. So to kick things off, my guest for the first show of 2021 is none other than ARIA award-winning Australian songwriter Tash Sultana. Tash joined the podcast to discuss their new album, Terra Firma, which is out right now. The record is Tash's second and follows their 2018 debut, Flow State. We spoke about the new record, writing and recording it during COVID, the quote-unquote second album syndrome, and why they wish Terra Firma was the first material they ever released. Listen to my chat with Tash Altana right now on The Green Room. Okay, welcome to the very first episode of the Green Room Podcast of 2021. And my first guest, Tash Sultana, welcome to the podcast. How you going? I'm all right. How are you? Um, feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty chill. And uh, yeah. So yeah, for obviously transparency's sake, uh, the new album, Terra Firma, is out today, but we recorded this a few days earlier. Um, to start with, Tash, where are you in, in the world right now? I'm next to a fucking kangaroo and a tumbleweed out in the bush. Like actually? Yeah, I live out in the bush. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> That's very cliche of you. Yeah, I mean, I just can't, I can't, can't hack the city living. I never could actually. Mm. I grew up as a city kid, but I uh, was yeah. just itching to leave as soon as I could, so I did. Yeah, how how are you holding up right now? Obviously, as we record this, there there appears to be another cluster happening in Melbourne. Um, oh, isn't how it? are you traveling right now? Yeah, fine. I mean, it's uh, we just have to do what we're told, don't we? I um, mm. got some shows coming up, so hopefully they're okay. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. So, um, the album Terra Firma it is out today. Congratulations. Um, the I'm told that this you started recording this in October 2019 and finished in October 2020. So does I guess did COVID impact the recording or writing of this album? No, not really. I mean, it kind of just blessed me with a total clean slate and an abundance of time to just like hone into the studio craft, and that's what I did. So, as you said, began it in october 2019 it was all i walked out of the studio being done with all of the tracking on the 20th of august 2020 and then um took about two months to mix it about a month to master it and then um yeah we were fucking right as rain after that i've just been sitting on this little thing well not little just sitting (laughs) on this record for months now just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and now it's the time and uh it's been stressful as shit 
Yeah, I can imagine because, I mean, obviously in the last uh, six months in particular, the, the guests I've had on this show um, who may not be in an album cycle or a tour cycle, they're writing albums just because they've got nothing else to do. I guess it's a blessing in disguise when during a pandemic you are working on new material anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm always writing something, but like when it just came to the the point of like, all right, probably should start writing another record. It's been three <laughs> years. It's probably time to just like put something out. But uh, yeah, I think it's been such a long time since this has actually been done that I've kind of written half of the next, mm. whatever it will be. So in October 2019, was that a date you set for yourself or was that literally just you finally finished touring and you thought, fuck it, it's time to, to do a new album? Yeah, pretty much. I just thought like it's it, should probably get a move on with that because initially the record was meant to be out in May 2020 mm. and like imagine that. Who the fuck can <laughs> get a like, I was meant to be touring the whole time as we all were meant to be touring the whole time. Yeah. But, yeah, there was no way that that was going to happen to, like, fucking get in on in October and have something mixed, mastered and delivered in May. So it was meant to be May, then it was meant to be June, then it was meant to be July, then it was meant to be blah, 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 blah. And then, you know what, we just put our hands up and said, fuck it, it's going to be February. <laughs> so then it was February. Does Does that bother you that the time frame being extended or is that a bonus for you? It's like, oh, great, I can sit on these songs more and, and make them better or, or just keep writing even more songs? Um, well, as we've seen, last year has been fucked up. So what I have learned is to be fluid with changes, which I really struggled with before that because I'm quite, like, um, strict. People think that I am this, like, airy-fairy hippie, but I'm not. I'm, like, really structured and strict in like the plans that I make and like the times like the time that it is to take to get done and just I just I kind of live like a military schedule but just like the musician version I had to get over that I had to like loosen the grip on that you know things needing to be a certain way creature of habit style type of approach to things and the whole year just fuck that so I needed that it was a good learning curve to just like relax a bit talking to you right now i mean fuck you said you're sitting next to a kangaroo and tumbleweed you sound very relaxed there is no there's no actual kangaroo and tumbleweed <laughs> <laughs> does the 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 cliche and stereotypical second album syndrome get to you at all or are you everyone, completely unfazed? everyone has said this i'm unfazed yeah. by this thing because to be fair I, I actually almost feel like it's the, my first record. Like I, I feel like everything prior to now was like premature in a sense. Like I feel like I had this breakthrough and, wow, there actually was a kangaroo just there. Anyway, <laughs> um, back to what I was saying. No, this is good. How's that? I, I also that? do a, a kangaroo documentary show. This is very important. Wow. Size and age, um, please. Uh, no clue, man. No clue. Uh, bigger than me, that's not hard. I sure. am a, a small little person. But, yeah, I now have forgotten what the fuck I was saying. <laughs> no, the, 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 the idea that things kind of happen very quickly. I mean, I'm looking at, at some notes now. It does seem pretty crazy to think that um, Flow State came out in 2018. But... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's important. Yeah. Um, I feel like everything prior to now was kind of a premature 
release in a way. Like I didn't get a lot of time to do my first record because I was touring. So I made do with what I could, which was a real lack of time. And um, I, you know, I released this record that I'm happy with. I was happy with it, but I would have done it all differently now. But that's just not realistic because you grow up and you move on. But, you know, I've been saying this a a little bit in some interviews is I'm going to be 26 soon and I feel like I've reached a point now where I can kind of understand me. Like I've just, I just don't give a fuck anymore. Like I just, I'm having this really freeing experience where I'm just like not people pleasing and I, I don't really care what I say or think or this and that. I'm just having a really, really good time just being happy and creating and I feel like that applied to the music of the now for what I've been writing and jamming and all of that but yeah I I I would never have released all of that music that I have in the past Notion EP and Flow State would never have ever existed or seen the light of day if I was to be discovered now shit yeah it is it just wouldn't be where I'm at this is where I'm at now and that was where I was then and like I just feel like I was pretty young and maybe not quite up to the mark and I'm really happy that, you know, people believed in me but I think I own, I only kind of feel a sense of music, like musical validation now. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, I'll, this leads to my next question. I'm going to do a little bit of this is your life trivia for you. Because Flow State came out in 2018, obviously. But prior yeah. to that, you in 2017, you sold out the Margaret Court Arena. You now hold the attendance record for that particular arena. Um, and in London, Brixton Academy, of course, you are the first artist to sell out three shows without releasing an album. That yeah. all happened pre-Flow State. So if you're saying you don't feel that pressure now, did you feel some sort of external pressure leading into the release of flow state or even recording flow state no i didn't actually i feel the pressures now i didn't feel them then because back then i was just on like this kind of upward trajectory where like i'd play a small show of 50 people and then the next show was 100 and then after that was 200 after that was 500 after that was 1,000 then it was 3,000 then it was 5,000 then it was 10,000, 15, 20, whatever we went. It was going up and up and up and up. So it was almost like a, a don't look back kind of thing but what what you do learn as an artist is that at some point does stall or stop or fluctuate where you're breaking as an artist and you're selling out all of these shows and doing all these really cool things, but it doesn't last forever. You know, it doesn't. You Sometimes you're not going to sell out a show. Sometimes you may have to cancel the show because you're sick or this and that. And that's just all stuff that I've just learned in the last few years of my life of touring is just the fluctuation. And what I've really learned in COVID is you just really don't fucking know what the hell is going to happen. Like I know people that have just thrown in the towel in the music industry. They don't want to borrow of it anymore because of what's happened in 2020. They're just like, they can't commit to it anymore and they quit. And I feel the pressure now because it just all feels so, so precious. And before I didn't see it that way because the world we didn't have a global pandemic and now it's funny like you know in 2020 
in February, I played a show to 12,000 people at Sydney Maya Music Bowl. And now I'm about to play to 450 people at 170 Russell. And you know what one I'm more stoked about? is the fucking ones at 170 Russell because it feels like such a little golden gem, this precious little blessing that we even get to do that anymore. So it's like a full circle moment and I, it's cool. It's funny, those full circle moments, they always happen in life. Like you just never know what the hell is going to happen to you, your career, anyone around you. I think the best that you can possibly do is be really fucking grateful of all and every single opportunity that you ever get given and any opportunity that you do get given, take it by the balls and fucking Mm. set it on fire. Run with the wind. Don't miss out. (laughs) Seize the moment. Go for it. Keep going with the slogans, please. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) After the break, Tash talks about the gig that almost killed her and when we will see them back on a live stage in 2021. Steve Bell here. I present the Handshake Agency podcast, Rewind. Each series takes you back to a moment of musical heritage as we present oral histories about great albums of our time from the people who made them. If, like me, you have a geek-like curiosity about your favourite artists, track down Rewind with Steve Bell at thepodcast.com.au, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favourite shows. Well, it's... It's it's crazy because obviously we're the music.com.au has been tracking you for some time. Um, and Regan from Lemon Tree Music, absolute sweetheart, has kept me informed with with what your career is and you know, the selling out Red Rocks, for example. What was the city? This just came to my mind, where was the city where you were playing and there was like a very serious thunderstorm? And you apparently said, no, nah, fuck it, we'll keep going until they had to literally get you off. Oh, the stage collapsed that day, actually. And oh, it collapsed? Yeah, the stage collapsed. So, like, where was I it? Ha- it was in Canada. Right. Um, and yeah, it was fucked. It was the worst storm. It was the worst storm that they'd had in X amount of years. I can't remember if it was 10 or 20 or whatever. But it rained so hard that um, one of the lifts had flooded this is not at the gig by the way this right. is like in somewhere in this in the city one of the lifts had flooded and two people actually died that night oh, wow. in that lift and um yeah it was fucked man it was full carnage like we just had to we had to leave the equipment just in the rain and everyone evacuated i mean like everyone the whole venue all the crew me yeah. i was in the car i went off stage for a bit there was a moment where it kind of like seized and i thought it's all on film too. I thought I'm going to go back out there. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I did, I did. And I played notion and it was just like, it was like we were in a movie man. it was seriously yeah. like we were in a movie. And um, yeah, then the whole fucking stage collapsed. No one got hurt that I know of. And uh, I had to postpone all of the shows after that because my equipment was absolutely saturated. It had to be, everything pulled apart dried out with hair dryers and whatever for days so it actually extended the tour a few days because I had to swap what days I was playing at venues what days I was playing at festivals and all that type of shit so just to clarify how long do you think if you stayed on stage for you would have been in serious trouble pretty much the moment I walked off we had a big we had a big circle truss behind me if people don't know what that is it's a lighting (laughs) 
configuration mm. in simple term. That is made of steel and it is hung up and that fell off the stage. It fell on Jesus. to the stage. Well, good thing you got off stage, huh? Yep, it was fucked. It was <laughs> exhilarating, but it was really fucked, man. And actually then a year after that, I re- came back and I redid that show again. And I actually fainted before I went on the stage. Why? I don't know. I actually don't know. I literally was eating and I was at the cafeteria and I stood up and one of the cafeteria women looked at me and was just like, whoa, are you all right? And I just fell backwards. Shit. Yep. And then I just went into my dressing room and had a fluid bag, (laughs) had a shower and then fucking went on stage and rocked the fuck out. That's great. That's exactly what you're meant to do. Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel very good. (laughs) And then there was another time actually where I took an antihistamine before. I always take antihistamine before I go on stage because I've got really bad sinus problems. Right. Um, And it was actually Finergan. This is, I I did it twice without knowing that I'd taken Finergan, which is a sedative. Um, And I thought, I, w- I was in my dressing room. This is before I went on stage in Dublin. I thought, I'm, I'm just so tired, man. Like I just, I don't know what's going on. And I'm just like sitting in my dressing room and then I got to go on stage and I was just wrecked. And then I did it again in Vienna only to realise that because the packet was in a different language <laughs> that it was fucking Fenergan sleeping pills. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Did you, did you make it through the set? I was really tired. I was really, I've never been so tired before. Did you still engage with the crowd or like, oh, Tasha? Yeah, but I was a just bit of a like, dick yeah, no, no, I was, it was, it was great. And I gave yeah. it my all, but like, I don't know if you, anyone's ever stayed up through a sleeping pool before. It's a weird time, man. It's, it's, it really is. It's a strange one. Yeah, right. I know people who do it like, recreationally yeah they don't do it to actually go to sleep or go on stage like you did yeah well it wasn't on purpose (laughs) (laughs) well look we go we're now moving forward obviously the release of terra firma congratulations um i was trying to find i was trying to find a way to to word it but like i can't really do it i don't know if i'm just not good with my words but i think this is the perfect next step up from flow state if people love flow state and you think what is next like this is the ideal package and i love that like you described it as like aretha franklin meets bonnever meets john mayer like i hear incubus on this i hear alicia keys it just it really does sound like the next step up for you if if flow state's going in a certain direction that is the next step thanks i mean it has to be isn't it because i am the next step of wherever i go Mm. so it's just an extension on me and, it, I mean, it's just capturing where I'm at now, which is a little bit older and a little bit wiser but still a full-blown fuckwit at heart and I always will be. <laughs> so do you have expectations for Terra Firma? I mean, like going back to what you said about Flow State, you're, you're happy with it but it would have been different now. Do you have I did this in the way that I, I did this in the way that I always dreamed. So I put in every single ounce of me that I could have put into something like my friends and family would like genuinely concerned about my well-being during this record because I was just so hectic with mm. it like I just vanished from the earth and everyone was just like where are you man like my friends like check in and they're just like 
where the fuck are you? It's just like <laughs> jamming, man. Mm. I just found this cool synth patch and I've just been living with it for the last bit. <laughs> were there serious studio benders? Like you were in there for days at a time? Yeah, I mean, that's what I generally do anyway if mm. I'm in there. I own the studio, so I just sleep in there if I've got to. Yeah, like I'd go in at 10. Heaps of us do this. This is what people do in the studio. It's not just yeah. me. Like that, It's a serious addiction. And some records take years to do sometimes. Like that's just the nature of the beast, that it, it seriously takes like fucking ages to do a record. Mm. Talking about the second album, well, the, uh, you know, perceived second album syndrome, doing this record, do you think that there's, you know, do you, looking forward to the idea of you not giving a fuck, you just care about the music, do you even think about when you're going to release more music? Do you have a timeline of, okay, I'll release album number three in four years' time, or is it just a matter of when you decide, I want to do it? It's as simple as that. Yeah. That's how I've always been is... um I just do things when I want and uh, that's what I'll do with music and that's what I have done with music and that is what everybody enables me to do that I work with is just me having full and utter control and freedom to make the art, make the craft, do whatever I want and when it's ready I give it to everyone and then I say, all right, let's go. What's the fucking plan, mm. you know? And the plans take ages. This is years of planning. This is not just, you know, overnight anything I – been explaining to people what goes into if you have released records before you know what goes into it and it's a lot it is a lot and it's like your little baby that you've had to yourself and not really anyone's heard it and it's precious to you and then you're about to deliver that as a gift to the universe and I am I feel really happy with what I've done I know that at this time in my life I couldn't have put in more work than I did or tried harder than I did and for that I am genuinely stoked with the process i learned a lot from it i fucking loved it and i will do every other record after this exactly the same i will clear the schedule and i will only commit to that at a time you said something really cool about this album as well which was basically the gist of if an artist is making honest music while trying to venture in a new territory you'll never fuck up yeah well i mean if you're true to yourself then you don't really fuck up you know what i mean because that was the truth that was the real honest part of you that you can't argue with you know that's that's just it and that's what I try to apply to life and what I've learned and what I'm loving is when you stop being a people pleaser and you start saying no I'm not going to do that no I don't like that or no I I don't like when you say that or I don't like that you treat me like that when you start saying no and being strong and confident and standing up for yourself or what you believe in or what you think is right, then you're not people-pleasing anymore. And the best part of it is, is even if you are people-pleasing, the same amount of people are going to fucking dislike you as if, you know, if you're going to be genuine, it's the same. Mm. Not any more people are going to like you or hate you. It's, it's going to be probably the same. So you might as well stop wasting your time being the people-pleaser and just start being you and the ones that will gather in the flock to stay they will and that's what matters and the ones that don't well fucking they don't matter like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter has there been a position in the last few years where you have been that person of just saying yes yeah 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 i mean like when you're 
moving into the public eye and you, you're um, confronted with like rejection or abuse or hate or whatever you, that doesn't affect me anymore because I feel so stoked with the opportunities and the direction of my life and the person that I'm becoming that, that they don't hurt me, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will fuck off cunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Frame that. That's good. Yeah. Like <laughs> Does the it's just, I think it's something that happens as you get older. You know what I mean? Right. I think it's just one of those things that happens as you grow up and I'm, that's where I'm at at the moment. So that's what I'm talking about. And, you know, in a couple of years time, we'll be talking about something else. And if you ask me a few years ago, we'd have a different conversation, but mm. like terra firma is the, like the stamp of now where I'm at with now, which is feeling really free and just like, just loving, it, loving life. I'm loving life. I'm having a really good time. Well, I suppose it's validation too, right? Like if you're trying to be a people pleaser early on, the success you've had, the, the obviously people are responding to your music in Australia and across the world, that's kind of also a fuck you to the people who think you need to do things their way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are offended by everything these days. So like you might as well just be you because someone's going to be offended anyway. So yeah, that's true. you can't, you know what? I saw this thing the other day that I just laughed at and it was, you can't get everyone to like you, but you can piss everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get cancelled along the way. No, the cancel culture is a terrible, a terrible thing. I reckon oh, it's, it's, it's the shit terrible. Out of it's really terrible because we are all guilty of making mistakes, but you can redeem yourself. And you can learn and to box people up in something that they have done that could have happened years ago that they have apologized for or they have learned from or they are really ashamed about just to like fully cancel them like people can't learn from their mistakes is mm. is pretty crap. Yeah, It's a pretty my, crap thing. My thing of it is is like if someone fucks up and let's say, you know, I, I sent a tweet out in 2011 that was awful, like it, is that that tweet now defines my life? Like I can never be better. I can never learn. I'm yeah. just done. Yeah, that's, that's I, thing, I think, yeah, I think that that's really shit because if that happened in 2011, we're in 2021 and that's 10 years difference and that's 10 years of learning and 10 years of fucking up and 10 years of succeeding and failing and loving and laughing and crying and just all these things that we do in our life that where you just decide, nah, fuck him, mm. fuck her, fuck them, fuck that. It's, yeah, I think I mean, people, people deserve a little bit more of a chance if you if you're continually a fuckwit, sure. If you're continually a fuckwit, then you are a fuckwit. Yeah, agreed. Like you know, we've all made mistakes where like we've offended somebody without realizing it. So what do you do? You go and apologize. Mm. Someone's done something that you don't like, and you've let it continue. But then one day you speak up, and it's blah blah blah. You know, it's just. One of those things that we're so connected in the world that we live in now that it's just like under the microscope and it's really, really scary part of society that like it's like all eyes on everybody. It's like the all-seeing fucking eye in Lord of the Rings. It's just like finding <laughs> finding everything and, mm. and yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Turn off the phone, man. Go to the beach, have a swim, have a surf, play your guitar and write in your diary or yeah, fucking... Stop being an asshole. <laughs> you're not a serial tweeter, are you? No. I know you, you use Twitter, but, like, it's more to just promote what you're doing. You don't jump on and say, hey, here's what I feel about North Korea today, everyone. Like, you you don't do no. any of it. Yeah. No. 
my journey and public display is about the art that I make. And the art that I make is actually reflective of what has happened to me in my life. So it's not actually political. Um, it's, it's a collection of memories, moments, thoughts, happenings or, or whatever. That's, that's what I have and do write about to this day mm. is real occurrences that have happened in my journey. Yeah. Well, one thing I have to touch on because I'm a very nerdy video gamer, uh, you did something for The Last of Us. Arguably the biggest game in PlayStation history. Yes. Um, so I, I have some questions. One, what did you get for that? Did they just give you infinite amounts of PS5s? They did give me a PlayStation and they also, there's there's beyond that, but that's um, <laughs> not for the public. I'll talk to the account and that's fine. You know they're doing a, a live action thing of, of Last of Us, right? Like, it, does that mean you'll get to do something with that? I, I don't know. I mean, they just said, hey, we would really love you to be a part of this. Would you cover the song that was written for The Last of Us Part 2? And I thought... What the fuck is The Last of Us Part 2? Oh, uh, no, I thought you were going to be like, oh, yes, because I'm obviously a PlayStation nerd. I'm glad you're on. No, I'm not. Like, <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a gamer. And then my sister's boyfriend is a gamer. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I've just been, like, hit <laughs> up about doing something for The Last of Us Part 2. And he was just like, oh, what? And I was just like, yeah, The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> and he's just like, dude that's like the game yeah, like it's yeah. it's the game and i was just like oh i prefer not to know things to that extent because i find it throws off the artistry like i like to come in cool calm and collected and execute the task at hand and let sure. it fly that's pretty badass um it's cool i'm really happy about it you know yeah. and i'm sure we'll, we'll be doing things in the future yeah okay well Tash, before you go, I do have to ask about the live show. So you do have a few in Melbourne later this month, and then you've got Womadelaide in March and Blues Fest in April. Do you have any blueprint or can you even bother making a blueprint of anything else that you want to do in 2021? Um, look, look, I don't know. I'm just coaxing through and it's really nice. I'm enjoying it. And um, like we managed 2020, I managed 2020. And I reckon I can manage 2021 because to be fair, I, I, I don't touch wood. I don't want to say anything that, that ends up to be true, but I just have a feeling that 2021 may not be as bad as 2020, mm. but I, again, it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, Tash, 2020 got you terra firma. So I think it's, it it's all things considered. It's been, it's been a decent time. Yeah. I've had a really nice time. Congratulations on the album again, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And uh, hopefully, we talk soon in real life. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Tash. Big thanks to Tash Sultana and that kangaroo for coming on the podcast. Again, the album is called Terra Firma. It is out right now. Be sure to check it out as soon as humanly possible. And that's our show. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of The Green Room for 2021. It's going to be a good year. Make sure you subscribe and review if you like what you heard. And be sure to check out all of the podcasts on the Handshake Agency Network through thepodcast.com.au. We'll see you all next week.
Green Room with Neil Griffiths is a podcast from the Handshake Agency Network, produced by Neil Griffiths, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker, executive producer Craig Trewick.